The Life of Big Dog Podcast, where our discussions are a lot like a $4 buffet. There's a little bit of everything, and none of it is really that good. And now your host, the Big Dog. Thank you, announcer lady whose name I do not know. Such a kind and heartfelt introduction. You are listening to the Life of Big Dog podcast. I am the Big Dog. This is episode number two on our little podcasting adventure. Just want to say thank you so much for dropping by, whether this is your first visit or you are a repeat customer. It is endlessly cool to me that anyone would take time out of their day to listen to me ramble for 12 to 15 minutes each week. So thank you so much for that. And hopefully we give you enough good stuff that you keep coming back. Maybe even tell a friend. A little share button action never hurts anything. If you'd like to get involved with me outside of this podcast, which I very much recommend, suggest, and hope you do, you can find me on Twitter. My handle there is BigDog underscore K-A. Uh, random conversations, show ideas, tell me how stupid I am, doesn't matter. Just log on to Twitter and let's connect out there. So for episode number one was just an introduction. I rambled. I want to be a little more organized going forward. I don't just want to entertain, I want to educate. I want to give you something that you can use. So that's why I want to make sure I I tell you about something, just one thing important that happened this week. So I'm going to do that on a new segment I call One Important Thing That Happened This Week. Here's one important thing that happened this week. Last Tuesday... Super Tuesday, as we further whittle down who will be the Democratic nominee to face off against Donald Trump in November. Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders had good nights. A couple others who didn't fare so well, Mike Bloomberg and Elizabeth Warren, who as of the time of this recording have both dropped out. Mike Bloomberg, only in the race for a couple of months, spent over $700 million on advertising. Seemingly, the bulk of that was spent on YouTube. Now, I tend to be a do-it-yourselfer in some ways. I want to learn how to put a cold air intake on my car. I want to learn how to frame a basement wall. Change out my fiancé's headlight on her Tahoe. Maybe I just want to check out some new movie trailers. YouTube is my go-to source for such information. And for the last 30 to 60 days, all I've really seen... Every freaking video that I hit the word play on is Mike Bloomberg telling me he's going to get it done. Mike, you spent $700 million. You ruined my YouTube experience, and you didn't get it done. If someone's going to tell me they can get it done, I expect them to get it done. Larry the Cable Guy would have get it done. He always gets it done. That's why I'd vote for him first. But our long national nightmare is over. Mike Bloomberg has dropped out of the race, and I can tell you right now, I just got off YouTube, not a single peep for Mr. Bloomberg. Mike, you're going to be fine. You're still a multi-billionaire. You're famous. I think you made that okay in this. But next time you want to spend $700 million to fail at something, give me a call, because I can help you out with that. So Mike Bloomberg spends a ton of money, drops out of the race, and that's one important thing that happened this week. 
We're now in a segment I like to call the doghouse. This is where the meat gets brought to the table. This is the important stuff. This is what it's all about, ladies and gentlemen. If you get on Google right now and you look for the terms world's greatest diet or something similar, you're going to get, I would assume, about a million pages of information. On each of those pages is going to be a hundred websites. Each of those websites might tell you something a little different than the website before or after it. These websites are going to have testimonials, celebrity endorsements, going to have science and studies and doctors and facts. With that big of a jumble, where there's so much going on and there's so many options out there, how do you figure out what the best diet is? Is there one that's better than every other one? In a manner of speaking, yes, there is. And I'm here to tell you what that is. Here's what it is. I don't know, you gotta figure it out. I have no idea what your ideal diet is. The thing with weight loss is it's all based on the individual. A diet or an eating plan that works for you might not work for me. Let's talk keto for a second. Keto is like the hot name in dieting right now. It's everywhere. You cannot turn on a TV most days without hearing the word keto. You can't scroll through Instagram without seeing the word keto. To Cliff's notes it here, keto is essentially cutting out just about all carbs. Your body then goes into what's called ketosis where it burns through your stored fat instead of the carbs that you put in each day for energy. And then if that's working, you see a pretty quick and noticeable weight loss. I have a friend who lives and dies by keto. He went from 300 pounds to 200 pounds in nine months on keto. And he has mastered it to the point now where if he decides he needs to drop 10, 20 pounds, he flips the switch. He goes back to keto, he gets his 20 pounds off, and then he works back in to his normal eating routine. Likewise, I have friends who have tried keto, and they lived and died by keto for 30 days. Followed it to a T, and at the end of 30 days, nothing. No loss whatsoever. Now flip it around, that same person who didn't have success at keto might try a more balanced approach. Focus on calories, level out your, your macros, your protein, your fat, and your carbs to be a little more even, and really just focus on your caloric intake. That person might see results at the end of 30 days that the person who loves keto wouldn't. It really is based on each individual person. Especially when you're starting out, there's not a damn thing wrong with trial and error. When I started out at 377, I didn't have a clue how to do this. I focused just on the calories. I would eat four large pizzas a week and skip other meals and still lose a pound or two and think, nice, good for me, high five, nailed it. You could theoretically start a Twinkie diet. You could eat nothing but Twinkies as long as you don't go over your calories each week. And as you weigh in at the end of the week, you could see some weight loss. So as important as the calories are, and that's the foundational step, you need to make sure you're giving your body the right kind of fuel. Your, your weight loss, your fat loss will be quicker, it'll be much more efficient, and you're going to feel better. So step number one, get online somewhere, go find what your daily caloric intake should be to lose weight. 
one to two pounds a week on average. Uh, you can be more aggressive than that, absolutely. But you've still got to make sure you fuel your body appropriately. Once you figure out what your daily caloric needs are, now you've got to figure out what your body thrives on once you put those calories and those foods into your body. For me, if I go a little high on carbs, I feel sluggish, I feel tired, and for the next couple of days after I go high on carbs, my scale looks funky. I was 277 today, but if I went and ate a pizza tonight and nothing else, and I was under my calories, I would still go up probably four pounds tomorrow because my body hates excess carbs. But if I had a couple sandwiches today on whole wheat bread, if I had some broccoli, if I had some apples, healthier carbs, natural carbs, not overly processed carbs, my body likes that. It gets my body fired up. So the question here is, no, there's not one specific diet that works for everybody, but there is one that'll work for you. Just starting out, you might get it wrong a couple times. You might not see weight loss right away. You might even see weight gain because your body doesn't react to the foods that you're putting in it the right way. Do not get discouraged. Try it again. If keto works, stick with keto. If paleo works, stick with paleo. If the men's health abs diet works for you, which is kind of the version that I ended up on, then stick with that. And if anyone tells you that their diet is the one true way, the only way, the only thing you need to try and don't listen to anybody else, flip that person off, flip your hair, turn around, walk away and say, Bye, Felicia. Their diet might work for them, it might not work for you. And to put that pressure on you, to tell you, especially if you haven't done the research, that's what, they, that's what you need to be doing, then they're failing you. Do some research, test it out, give it a couple weeks, find what works for you and stick to it. And on top of that, get active, go do something. Lift some weights, ride a bike, take a walk, doesn't matter, but you need to get active. And fuel your body to make sure you can get active and stay active once you're there. As we wrap up episode number two of The Life of Big Dog, I want to leave you briefly with a thought for the week. I guess more specifically, I want to leave you with a quote for the week. Fortune favors the bold. It's an old, I think, Italian proverb. Its meaning is pretty self-explanatory. I bring it up today because I feel like we have a shortage of people in this world who are willing to be bold. Now, being bold doesn't have to be something huge. It doesn't have to mean starting a business. Being bold doesn't have to mean strapping on a parachute and jumping out of a plane. Being bold can be something small that lights a fire inside you. Being bold can be something like reaching out to a family member you haven't spoken to in years. Try to fix that relationship. Being bold can be tracking down your crush, looking them in the eye and saying, hey, I want something more. Being bold can be walking into your boss's office and respectfully saying, sir, ma'am, I've been working my tail off for you for years and I think I deserve a raise. Being bold means taking risks. Fear of failure keeps us from taking those risks. I heard a quote today that I'll try not to butcher that plays right into this. I can accept failure but I can't accept what-ifs. 
If you can't be bold, if you can't take the risk, all we're left with is what ifs. What if I would have said something? What if I would have done something? My plea to you today, this week, in this episode, go be bold. Because when you're bold, that's when the good shit happens. And that's a wrap on episode number two of the Life of Big Dog podcast. Once again, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen. It means the world to me. In coming episodes, in coming weeks, some things we'll be discussing. We'll bring up some politics. How can you not in an election year? In such a divisive and entertaining topic. I'll give my thoughts on the disease that took my mom's life at way too young of an age. Young onset Alzheimer's disease. That ought to be a fun, fun conversation. And we'll talk about Operation Shirt Off, which, uh, you know, it's pretty much what it sounds like. It's me, and I'm going to take my shirt off, and I'm going to post pictures. It's like a motivational weight loss thing. It's not because I'm cruel and want to make anyone feel nauseous. So hopefully we'll have you back for those and many more. Thank you once again for listening. Have a great week.